This episode is brought to you by Rockstar Energy Drink. Be honest, are you procrastinating by listening to this podcast? It's okay. You just need Rockstar Focus. Choose from three delicious flavors, each crafted with ingredients for an ideal energy and mental boost, like lion's mane, 200 milligrams of caffeine, and zero sugar. Visit rockstarenergy.com to learn more. At least 75 milligrams of caffeine has been shown to help improve attention. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell. The show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Just Wiggins and Rob Pretty strong. That is Hattie, aged four. They're getting better. They are. Ro says, it's the most laid-back kid who's finally nailed putting her socks on by herself, ready to start school in September. Oh, socks on on her own. Excellent. Well, that we've been we've been told because that's what we've been doing all week, getting uh, the eldest ready for school. That they've got to learn to do zips up and buttons. <sighs> oh. And how's that going? Well, it turns out my eldest is a secret zipper-upper. Oh, really? She can do it. We've, I just do it for her before she goes into preschool. She can do it and actually sometimes does the other kids in the classes zips for them. Oh, Didn't wow. know. Didn't know. Didn't know he shed it in her. But buttons, absolute nightmare. And she loses her head. I don't know if you've ever tried to explain to someone how a button works. It's sort of clear how it works, but explain how you get a button in. Try and explain to me now how to, to do a button. Well, you, you, you hold the hole and then you kind of turn the button sideways on so yeah. it's, it lines up with the hole. And then you push it through and it should snap back into place. I think you've absolutely nailed that, to be fair. I, I, I literally couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I should have said. I was like, we well, get that bit in there and put it in there. And she was like, what bit where? I went in there. She went where? But I went there. She went, ow. I went, I'll just put a zip, zip up top on. Do you know what, though? When you're a kid, once you've learned zips, buttons feel like, well, why do these still exist? Like, the yeah. zips are like the mod, the future. Yeah. And you're like, why am I pissing around with buttons? I still don't think Velcro's got the respect it deserves. No. You know what I mean? What happens is you have Velcro when you're really young, and then once you learn how to do laces, everyone's like, oh, you're a loser if you've got Velcro. And then you only use them again when you get old. Why are we denying ourselves the prime of our years having easy footwear? I tell you what, mate, you need to start your own trainer brand like Kanye West. Yeah, because we've got very similar backgrounds in a, and, and, and followings, me and Kanye. Yeah. So I, can't, I can only imagine it will go the same route. I'll have to leave Lou, marry a Kardashian. 
certain things I just have to tap out of. But I think it's best to. But my, for some reason, my, my, my elders can't do the number three. She can't do number three. So she just keeps on doing it the wrong way around. Uh, also, I've just told her because she can do an M. I said, just do an M and turn it round. Yeah, that's that's genuinely one of the most confusing instructions. You're really bad at giving instructions. <laughs> I'm not Glenn Oddle. I've got the ability. I've just got the ability. It's innate. I can't teach it. It just happens. I can do a button. I've never thought about it, but I can do a button. Do you know what I mean? I can't I can explain to you. I can't explain to you how stuff works. When I look at the stars, once I get beyond that's pretty, I have to stop looking because it upsets me that I don't understand what's happening and I just pretend they're not there. What do you mean you don't understand what's happening? Well, the, the stars and the universe and the sun. No one really knows, do they? Dara O'Brien pretends to know because <laughs> Brian Cox is there. <laughs> but no one actually knows. Do you know what I mean? I had it's this mental. the other day where I realised I don't really know what wind is. I tweeted about this, Josh. I hate it. It's the worst of all the weathers. Wind. Do you think? Easy. I'll defend it to the hill. If you've got any issues with that, someone said rain and wind. No, because you know the day's ruined. If it's nice and sunny but windy, you look at that and go, oh, let's have a barbecue. No chance. The wind ain't letting it happen. And also you get sunburned without realising you're getting sunburned because it feels cold, but you're burning like an absolute crisp. Yep. And windburn. Have you ever had windburn? Yeah, I've had windburn, mate. I grew up on Dartmoor. Windburn man and boy, mate. Wimburn your head off down in Darty. <laughs> there wasn't a moment I didn't have Wimburn when I was growing up. I'll tell you that for free. Have you ever got um, your daughter sunburned by accident? I don't think she's ever been sunburned yet. No. no. But that's well, more because we're unambitious with where we go rather than that she's uh, that we're conscientious with the sun cream. Ours have got little t-shirt tans where we do put cream on them, but they're just in the garden all the time, like street kids. Well, like, like a truck driver. <laughs> yeah. Because we put cream on them and then they just put like a short sleeve t-shirt yeah. or a dress and now they've got like really brown arms <laughs> but I, it looks bad but i can't i'm putting 50 on them every day even when it's cloudy but they're just tanning up and they're so blonde and they've got these big brown arms and blonde hair, and then the whitest belly the, the be- it's like a big marshmallow so they, i'm kind of picturing kind of hulk hogan that's kind of what you're, yeah. how you're describing your daughters yeah now you say it like like him but vainier <laughs> I'll just tell you about the Zoom calls we've had to have for um, like this kid starting school, right? So she's starting in September at this new school. So she had to have this reading class, right? And then what happens is the teacher's reading the story and then goes around. It was done in groups of like six and then speaks to all the kids individually. Just basically, so they've seen the teacher before they go and they've seen some of the kids yeah. and all that. And they're just putting them at ease. And then all this and they're sort of waving. And then they said to, to my daughter. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at sax.com. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the bun with crunch. Oh, and I said bring a teddy, right? So she's brought this panda. 
it's got his big panda bear like that. And they went, um, oh, what's that? What's your, what's your panda's name? And then my daughter went, oh, it's Panda. I was like, oh, it's weak. <laughs> people watching here. And even the teacher had a dig. She was like, very, uh, very different name or something like that. Which oh, a bit, bit, bit of fun. I'm not having a go at her. So she was just having a bit of fun. And then they went, and then she went, oh, what do pandas eat? And I was like, I mean, even I was struggling. Give me like, get a, and I'm like, what is it? Some bush, isn't it? Some bush thing. And then my daughter went, bamboo. And I, I, I did a fist pump under the desk. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, it was like it was like the first thing I celebrated since like the football coming back. I was like, get in, and I was just like, get in, yes, the bamboo, yeah. And I never thought of myself as like a competitive parent, yeah. but once your daughter's in oh. front of other people and they're like asking questions, I was just like, was that? Like, I, I, I had that feeling of like last minute winner, just bamboo. Oh. I was like, get in, especially <laughs> after the panda name debacle. Do you know what I mean? That's I've got a panda called panda. That's a hell of a thing for the teacher to like. That's a hard question. What a question to drop! What the pandas Huge. in? Come on. Then she asked, where are they from? Did she? That's tough, isn't it? Yeah. And my daughter said, my bedroom. <laughs> she said China. Thought... And then the teacher said, could you explain the issue with Hong Kong between China and the UK? <laughs> what's, what's Lou doing at this point? Trying to avoid being on the camera because she doesn't want to be seen. So I'm there front and centre looking like an animal. <laughs> and you can just see like the corner of Lou's eye, like a Twitter profile. <laughs> Oh, but it was just stressful, oh. man. But uh, yeah, the, the bamboo, I've really... Yeah, that's, that's, yeah that yeah, is a yeah. big... That's like, you know, like that Michael Jordan when they do the, those big last shots with a second to go. It really is that yeah. long. Oh, God. I felt like Steve Kerr, the little awkward <laughs> idiot in the corner. <laughs> um, keep getting it wrong. Have you got to do many more things before September? Um, no, I don't think... I think there's already a WhatsApp group set up between oh, all the parents. No. So I think that I'm not going, but I think Lou's taking... Because what we're having difficulty is because the youngest goes to preschool, the eldest, they're like inseparable at the moment. Uh, so even when she had to stay off preschool to have this like reading class thing that was 20 minutes. I don't know if you've taken a kid out of a full day of preschool for us to do a 20-minute phone call. Paid for. Yeah, paid, paid for day. 20-minute phone call. I just sort of sit there going, okay, so just, I've just got her here now all day after that. Uh, but then the youngest was going, I want to go there. I want to go there. And she was like, I want to go to big school. I'm a big girl. I'm like, oh, yeah, you are a big girl because you don't have nappies. But you're not you're not a big girl. To go. So now we're rebranding it, primary school. It's sort of like the Brexit negotiation. You have to keep rebranding stuff <laughs> to keep people on side. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, so do you want to hear from our listeners? Yes, please. It's the lockdown parody mailbag. But it's actually emails and there's no bag. So let's start with this. This is from Doug. Um, A couple of weeks ago, my wife drove miles to have a walk with her sister for what she called a moment of bloody peace. All I had to do was look after our four and 18 month year old without disturbing her. That was it. The kids were down and I was in our bedroom folding laundry, open brackets, playing video games, close brackets. When the wind got up, a tarpaulin on our neighbor's attic conversion got loose. Sounded like a car crashing outside the window. There was no way... Capable dad was going to risk the kids being awake when my wife got home. So I made the decision I was going to ask the neighbours to secure it. I grabbed a bottle of wine so it didn't look too complainy, ran around to the house and knocked. They didn't answer the door. I legged it back and it was then I realised I had locked myself out. Oh, God. My wife was a good... Two kids in the house. Two kids in the house. My wife was a good hour and a half away when I rang to say that I'd popped to my car... (laughs) <laughs> and the door had closed behind me. And he's holding a bottle of wine. Yeah. 
She made me promise I would never leave my kids for any other reason. And obviously I'd made that promise. I then huddled in the doorway, drank the wine and listened to my audiobook. Oh, hang on. Oh, I thought you meant listened out for the kids. I've got to say, one ear in, yeah? So you can listen out for the kids. I mean, if he's got both ears in, he's a monster, this geezer. <laughs> one, one ear out, I'll let him off. I, 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 wait a minute. He's not going to have his headphones with him because he's only popped next door. So he must be just playing it out loud. If, he's got, if he's got noise-cancelling headphones on, drinking wine, <laughs> he's over for him. He might as well have gone to a tapas bar down the road. This is ridiculous. <laughs> My wife arrived. I stashed the bottle behind the recycling bin and retold the story of the door closing behind me and emphasised how worried I was about the children. She then reminded me that we have a video doorbell and that she and her sister had watched me leave, not go to the car, and return with a bottle of wine. (laughs) (laughs) They'd assumed that I'd left the children to buy booze. Oh, no. When I explained what had actually happened, my wife said she would have done the same thing, but she would have been honest about it. Yeah, why was it? Because it's a fair thing he was doing, wasn't it's it? It's a totally fair thing he was doing. It's weirder just to go to the car for no reason. I mean, what a situation. I then watched her calmly get the tarpaulin issue sorted via the neighbourhood WhatsApp group, and I studiously ignored, and I realised she is great and I'm an idiot. Keep up the good work, Doug. What a situation to get yourself into, Doug. I know, unbelievable. I've not told the story about my um, what's that, family friends. Right? I won't name names, mm. but they'll know who they are. Anyway, yeah. they've got twins, yeah? The dad is a notorious sleeper. Like it's, it's, it's banter that if he sits down, he will fall asleep at any gathering, right? He just falls asleep a lot. Anyway, so um, it was Christmas Day, and he said, the kid, I think the twins are 18 months, two years old. It was years and years ago. And he said to his wife, go and have a bath and just have a lovely morning to yourself, because she was going to do the dinner in the afternoon. Have the whole morning to yourself. I'll look after the kids and play with the kids after presents, so you've got a few hours to just do that, right? Anyway, so she goes upstairs, has a lovely bath, does a hair and makeup, gets all ready, puts a nice like, new outfit on for Christmas Day and stuff. Goes downstairs. He's asleep in the front room, right? Out, out for the count. She wakes up, goes, where, where, where are the kids? Where are the kids? He wakes up, hasn't got a clue. No idea where they are, right? So they're panicking. They're nowhere in the house. They go outside and they're in the middle of the road playing. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that on Christmas Day. Imagine the doghouse you'd be in. Oh, my word. Oh, you wouldn't be allowed out till the next year, would you? Luckily, it's only two weeks away, but... I mean, luckily, there's very little traffic on Christmas Day. Yeah, well, that's the moral of that story. If you if you're going to go to sleep and leave your kids to themselves, do it on Christmas Day. I love that the default thing that a child would do is go to the middle of the. That's like, come on, mate. I fall asleep, but cut me some slack. You're making me look bad. It get on the pavement, put some shoes on at least. Come on, two kind of Victorian urchins. Let's meet in the middle here. I think they were walking down to like a friend's house further down the road. But oh dear! Oh my word! In, in my head, they were like sitting in the middle of the road, like playing jacks or one of those little Victorian stick games. Stick a hoop, big yeah, stick a yeah, hoop. Stick and hoop. Right. Oh well, we might as well have another person who's forgotten they've got a child. This is from. Do you know what? I'll just call her Jackie. We don't want to get the authorities involved. When my daughter was only a few weeks old, she was upstairs asleep in her cot. It was a Friday evening. And my husband said to me, what do you fancy eating? I said, Chinese. So we got in the car and drove to the Chinese restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Halfway down the road, I said, oh, my God. He said, what? I said, Rebecca. (laughs) Rebecca, Kevin. (laughs) My husband practically did a handbrake turn and we raced back to the car to find Rebecca still sound asleep. 
neither of us could believe that we'd forgotten oh. all about her. How old was she? A uh, few time. weeks. Oh, wow. Can you imagine the silence and the speed of that journey I once I remembered? Oh, my God. Because before that, yeah, we're going for Chinese. Rebecca, he span round. He must have been driving so fast and just both rocking in silence, trying to think <laughs> who thought it was. Oh, my God. The abject fear. Imagine that. Imagine you get back and the police are there and they go, so what's happened? And you go, um, we drove to a Chinese. Where's your Chinese? Well, we didn't get there. <laughs> so, Rob, um, as you know, you've been giving me advice. You've been giving the nation advice. You are the nation's agony, aren't Okay, here we go. What would Rob Beckett do? Don't be scared to use a device. The timeout step can be your ally. Don't be afraid to say no to your kids. No to your kids. No to your kids. No to your kids. It's okay to apologise as a parent. Apologise. 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 Never hit them, but don't let them think you won't. You're listening to WWRBD. What would Rob Beckett do? Hi, uh, Josh and Rob. My wife and I need some advice. Our 18-month-year-old refuses to sit in her car seat. She strains when we try and cries if we attempt to use force. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. <laughs> you tried pliers <laughs> on the toes just to <laughs> let them know who's bossed. No, we tried to keep her calm and then encourage her verbally to give it a try, explaining how good the destination would be, so it's worth it. We failed over and over, and so mm. started bribing her with food, which works 100% of the time. Okay. It's got quite calorific when we had to make several trips, and so we've recently been bribing her with fake rewards, e.g. empty raisin boxes. She will catch up on this, and so we need a plan. What do we do? Okay, I think I've got two words for you. Prison bitch. That's what's happened. <laughs> You've been prison bitch by your own kid. It's happened to yeah. me. Happens to the best of us. But the way I dealt with, for us, there was a lot of people, we had loads of discussions about this, they don't like getting in the car seat. The way I look at it is, right, I know they are, it's only 18 months. I know they resist a bit, but if it was a UFC match, you'd win in a round. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you should be able to get them in a car seat. I mean, but what I'm saying is you just, as so long as they're strapped in, it's only, they're never in pain. Once they're strapped in, they're safe and secure. So they're not in pain. They've just got the ump. Yeah. Haven't they? Yeah. They're not, you're not doing anything mean. You're not, obviously, you don't want to use too much force. But if you can get them in the car seat and then they cry, I just let them cry and turn the music up. Because you're not, they've just got the ump at that stage. They're not in pain. You're not being mean. You're not doing anything horrible. They just don't want to be sat in there. But they've got being sat in there because you're going where you're going. So I used to just turn the music up a bit louder and ignore them. And then they realise that they, you don't react. That's what I, that's how I what I've done. I don't know if you you've only just got your car. So you just kind of turn the music up and just carry on. Yeah, I sort of say no. We're going in the car because we've got to go here, and I, I let them have like you know some toys or stuff like that if they're bored. But you know, I just I used to, but when they when they were that age and they just kicked off, I just turn the music up and drive because they're not in pain. You're not being horrible. They've just got to deal with it because I've got to go somewhere basically. And did it work? Yeah, they're fine in the car. It's like, you know, sometimes you don't want to do it if they're actually upset about something. But the problem in our is you started bribing, haven't you? Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Rob, yeah. as, a, as an advisor? I don't understand his his, uh, ra- his empty he's bribing with empty raisin boxes. Well, I think that's so. Basically, what, what they're saying is they go, "Oh, get it. if you get in your car seat, we give you these raisins." So they get them in, lock her in, and then there's no raisins, which I think that's worse. Yeah, 
I mean, that's that's basically going to lead to the child trapped in, but absolutely fuming. Yeah, so that, at that problem, they've got a right to be angry. And now they're upset because you've lied. But if you just get them in the car seat, you go, no, you're getting in the car seat. And they arch their back, but there's never been a kid I can't get in a car seat. I'm not like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, that's one of your big claims, isn't it? I'd forgotten that. There's no. Yeah. I'll stand by that. Undefeated. I'm undefeated. They'll get in. You've you've got 36 to zero, haven't you? Oh. And you're getting kids and the invincible. 24 by knockout, which was uh... <laughs> yeah, one by disqualification, but that was you know, <laughs> social services will make their own mind up. Sure. <laughs> um, well, there you go. To let us know how it goes with uh, the tip. Turn up the music. Take no shit. Lock them in. Get on with it. That's what I say. Because they're not upset. They're not hurt. They've just got the ump. Like oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be driving her or wiping her ass either. But I don't just scream in her face. It's a fair <laughs> thing to say. Imagine all the stuff your kid makes you do for it. I, I'd love to just scream. No, I'm not wiping your ass. <laughs> but you can't, can you? That's what they've got to learn. I, I have screamed. I'm not wiping your ass. <laughs> There's a milk train moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Adam Hills did have a lot of power view in, in the first series. <laughs> prison bitch. Prison bitch. <laughs> prison bitch. I've got some salty emails, Josh, unfortunately. Oh, have you? I thought we'd put this to bed with a number of unsalty oh, no. tales, but it looks like you've been a bit of a salt monster. Um, oh, no, no, no. Also, Josh, you want to have an edge. I, I think you'd love, you'd get a real kick if someone went, oh, that Josh, he's fit, but he's a right bastard. That that would be a buzz <laughs> for you. That would be. Like, oh, Do you know, none of the, neither of those things have been achieved oh, yet, so a, let's see. Such a fuck boy. <laughs> So, hi, Josh and Rob. Me and my friend, also called Jess. This is two Jesses. This is from Jessica Brennan. Anyway, um, she listens to... They both listen to the podcast, the two Jesses. Anyway, they came all the way from Liverpool to London for the weekend just to see a live recording of Hypothetical as we love James Acaster. Unbelievable. And Josh. And Josh. I'm joking. And Josh is in there. That day, I had new shoes on that ripped my feet to bits. At the moment, Jess, you're losing me. Josh ain't made you wear them shoes. I'm yeah. arguing you've got the ump already because of these shoes, but let's crack on. Also, you've come to London. It's filmed at Pinewood. That's that's. It's not even London, but we'll carry on. I've, I've thrown it out there. If I've got a new pair of shoes that are a bit blister heavy, I'm not whacking them on for a trip to Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? No. You save that round the shops, get 20 minutes in. Work, anyway, let's not get bogged down by blister. Yeah, I, I can tell you, actually, I when when I went to the Grand National one year, mm. the only year I've ever been to the Grand National, Yeah. Um, and my girlfriend, she wore shoes that were painful. And so that was in Liverpool. And she, we had to walk back from the Grand National into the centre of Liverpool with her and her bare feet. Oh, wow. Like at 5pm, like it was 2am. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> anyway, so so Jess's feet hurt. They're ripped to bits. We had to be in work the day of our return. So we were on trains home from London straight to work first thing the next morning. But it was all going to be worth it to see the show live. Okay, so... They've come down to London. It's like 8 till 10 or 11 at night. And then they've got to stay over in London. And they're on a 5, 6 a.m. train the next day. Okay. Anyway, so there's a lot of commitment here to see your show. Um, But they were so excited. It's all going to be worth it to see the show live. When Josh and James came from the side to wait to come onto the stage, we were right next to them. Starstruck. We said, OMG. Hi, Josh. Hi, James. And we were completely blanked with a side eye. Well, I was doing a show. Well, can I finish? So your argument is she was doing a show and you was too, you was too busy to respond to the high. Well, look, what I would say is mm. I don't know how much TV you've watched, Rob, yeah. but I imagine quite a lot. <laughs> you very rarely a bit where the hosts take a moment out to just say hi to the front row no, of the no, audience. No, 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 you haven't gone on yet. 
You're oh, on I hadn't the gone on side yet. of the stage waiting oh, to go on. I was in the zone. He was in the zone. Okay. I was in the zone. So your argument is you was in the zone because you're doing a big TV show and you couldn't couldn't have time to say well, hello bit, to your fans. Big, 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 big's a stretch, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a fairly well-respected panel, Joe. Okay, so your argument is you was in the zone, so you couldn't break out of the zone because you were performing. Um, I just need to bring this up as well. Oh, no. It was still a great show, and I still love your work, but only Charlie Brooker, the guest that night, said hi back to us. So he was the hero of the adventure Ooh. down south. So not only did you not say hello, because you was in the zone, Charlie Brooker, who I would argue is one of the sort of like his vibes grumpy and non personal. Yeah. Is it his whole yeah. vibe is I don't want to talk to you. I'm gonna just you know rip stuff apart. Yeah, he's taken the time whilst in the zone, you so call it, to say hello to your fans, and you gave side eye, Josh. So I'm just well, saying, do you know what? I'd like to issue an apology. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, That's good to hear. Uh, on yeah, I'm sorry that Charlie Brooker is such a fake because. <laughs> He didn't want to say hello. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, no, what I'm saying is Charlie Brooker's, oh, I'm a grumpy, uh, grumpy man yeah. thing is obviously complete bullshit. And he's actually a really nice bloke. Yeah, he's an ex And he's been having you all on. He's an ex Bobby Davro. He's doing Black Mirror, then he's back at Butlins. <laughs> he's full of beans. He wants to be chirpy. <laughs> But to be fair, though, exactly. in your defence, maybe you might have had your earpiece in and someone was talking to you, yeah. distracted you. It's difficult to say hello to everyone. I don't think you would have given side eye. Exactly, on. particularly when their feet are bleeding all over the fucking <laughs> studio floor. Can someone mop this fucking bloodshed up, please? From <laughs> lunatics wearing nine-inch wedges down from London. Hang on. I've got I've got another one here, which, I, I, Joe, you know I'm going to throw this out here now, Josh. This seems like bollocks. I can't imagine you did this, but we've had it sent in. Let's, let's get it. <laughs> okay. Um... Hi, Robin Josh. I thought I had to write in and share my salty experience with a young Mr. Widdicombe. A few years ago, I moved to London and started working for a PR agency that represented a few comedians. For a young comedy fan from the West Country, I couldn't believe my luck working around some comedy heroes and Josh Widdicombe. What's the name? Um, the ni- name is... Uh, okay, no. No? Wouldn't remember someone you've mugged off, would you? Anyway, for the record, he wasn't a client. He he wasn't the salty big head that he is now, and he hadn't been on TV yet. Okay, so it's a few years. It was like pre-2012, maybe even before that. 2010? Yeah. Yeah. I was a very low-down intern. Oh, God, this is how terrible things start normally, isn't it? Um, No, it's fine. Nothing nothing like that's happening. Don't worry. It wasn't that salty. Thank God. I was a very low-down intern, but would often get to go along to any of the previews or some new shows with colleagues. Part of the schmoozing was hanging around after gigs for drinks and mingling with the performers and them mate one such show above a pub in west london led to said drinks i didn't know anyone other than my colleague who'd buggered off to do some work so i started chatting to the friendly looking guy next to me turns out he wasn't friendly he was oh. josh widdicombe what i started that seems very unlikely okay well, i was still trying to climb the ladder at that point i've given anyone the time of day or you were just trying to rip people down from the ladder to get your own success yeah <laughs> you know anything to get ahead Anyway, um, he says, um, he wasn't friendly, he was Josh Whitaker. I started by asking his name. I got a frosty, Josh. So I followed it up with, what do you do? This might sound like an obvious question at a comedian shindig, but they are often full of a mix of different people. Apparently... Yeah, I would I would be happily... Uh, I would never do the, uh, what do you think I do? Yeah, no, I, I, would... I agree. You would awkwardly just say I'm a comedian and sort of almost feel like you've offended them by saying it. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. So I'm in your corner here. Apparently, it was such an obvious question for the salty sea dog. I was met with an... <laughs> 
I was met with it. See, this is these are the kind of turns of phrase that you need when someone's writing a press release. Exactly. This person is made for PR. The salty sea dog. I was met with an exasperated eye roll, and I'm a comedian. I write for blah blah, followed by a sigh. I can't. Um, I can't imagine you. And our producer who sent me this said, I, and he knows you very well. Can't imagine Josh ever doing this. But I think you would be almost embarrassed that you wrote for someone. Yeah. But you wrote. You wrote for the Guardian. Didn't you? Yeah. So point. did I name a comedian or did she write blah, blah? She wrote blah, blah. That's what I'm saying. This lack of detail. She hasn't said where the venue is. She hasn't said just West London's very vague. But I tell you what, look, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to hear more evidence of this, but I think this, I'm yeah. calling bullshit. But if you want to send in more. Well, I don't think we need more evidence, Rob. I, I think it's a case closed. I don't think we're moving on from this, actually. I think, you know, if we've learned anything from Dominic Cummings, I want to see you in a garden with a full apology. <laughs> so she's written that you said, I write for blah, blah, followed by a sigh. And she said, well, excuse me, Mr. Ladida. And I thought, I thought the question wasn't returned. And I wandered off to find my mate. Verdict, definitely saltier than a sweaty armpit. Please keep my name anonymous. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, dear. I don't work in PR anymore, but I'm sure the buggers could track me down. See, so uh, anyway, right. We'll keep your name anonymous. We'll bleep your name out. But please, whoever you are, um, Mr. Bloggs. You've got to say, please keep your name anonymous at the start of an email that oh, you're yeah. reading out. That's, Come on. That's the first rule of PR. <laughs> um, anyway, so the person who sent this in, you know you are. If you've got, I think it's nonsense. If you've got more details... Where in West London? Give us dates, give us times, give us events, and we'll track this down. And I'll put it to Josh Winnicombe in a full salty court case. But at the moment, I'm calling bullshit, yeah. I'm afraid. Right. Right. So, Rob. Yes. Your daughter is going to school in September. And this leads me on to something that I had suppressed about uh, my own schooling, which I will take you through. Oh, okay. My children return to school this week, part-time. We were sat in a car outside school waiting for it to open when I decided to go over what he would expect when he goes inside just to try and ease the worries. Having a chat about what was going to happen that day, I explained it to him about hand washing, social distancing, etc. Then I mentioned he would need to put his clothes straight in the washing machine and get in the shower when he gets in. He immediately starts crying, saying he doesn't want to go to school because I said he has to have a shower. I know seven-year-old boys are a bit mean and I usually have to bribe him to shower and brush his teeth. For instance, his favourite thing to reply when I asked him to brush his teeth is at the moment is why they aren't going anywhere, as if that's the reason why he needs to brush them. Anyway, I digress. As much as I think he's being very dramatic and over the top, I mean at this point he was absolutely sobbing. Oh, no. Through gritted teeth, I explain about how the virus survives on clothes and skin for a period of time. Was there enough tears to, to act as a shower? Could he just cry himself clean? How, how upset is he? Sorry, that's so mean, isn't it? So I, he interrupts me, no, and says, so will it be like when I go for my swimming lessons? Will there be separate showers? At this point, I realised he genuinely thought he was going to have to undress upon entering the school, shower, and then walk around naked for the whole day. Oh, bless. That's horrendous. Awful. What a thing to make a kid go through. Yeah. I do think, though, sometimes you do need to tell kids less because that is stressful because you're borrowing trouble there because him having to have a shower when he gets in from school, he doesn't need to know that until he gets in from school. He's not going to do anything yeah. that will stop. It's not like, oh, do I? I had one on the way home. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like there's no need for him to have that information until he gets home. And then you go, oh, just jump yeah. in the shower and try and make it a bit more, more fun. But I've, 
I've made that mistake before with when I tell my daughter something about the next day, the night before. And then you're like, oh, you'll yeah. be like, nursery tomorrow. And she'll be like, I don't want to go to nursery. And you're like, why have I brought this up? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. What, what, what have I achieved by bringing this up? What you've got to do is sleep now. That, tomorrow, we'll, yeah. tomorrow out tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah. So this reminded me, I'd forgotten this, in terms of being naked at school. Yeah. So this didn't happen to me, but it happened at my school. So when you're at primary school, you do like productions, like plays and stuff. I can't believe this. I don't, this isn't a false memory. I'm sure this is true. At primary school, we did a production of The Emperor's New Clothes. It's a Hans Christian Andersen story. He's an emperor who, uh, his two tailors make him clothes, but they're invisible, right? And they tell him that only a stupid person wouldn't be able to see the clothes. So he pretends he can seize the clothes. And then he ends up, walking naked down in front of everyone all of his subjects who all pretend they can see the clothes and then at the end a child says but daddy's naked right and that's the story we did this as a play at my primary school oh god and this ended up with like one of the kids in a pair of pink y fronts just walking down in front of all of the kids and all the parents as the emperor isn't this insane that actually is a therapy to sort that out imagine being that kid i know well, I mean, it's great to get the lead role, don't get me wrong, but what teacher is choosing the Emperor's New Clothes and think that is a play we need to put on for the parents of the local village? Imagine, imagine you're the, you're the mother or father of that child who gets the lead role. Cool, oh, the play is it. Okay, well, just tell me what he needs for his costume. Right, okay, yeah, go on. <laughs> Pink wire fronts, fine, bit odd, yeah. What else? <laughs> Pardon? No, no, what else? <laughs> what else for the costume? Nothing. So just, just pink wire fronts for my boy. Okay, fine. Okay, I'll just send him. I'll just send him out in front of a room of two hundred adults, just in his pants. What a weird selection! What a weird decision that is. Oh, you're better off just putting on like a a leotard that's got like a a, a, a body on it. You know, like not like if you oh, can't have a, one of those a one of those uh, one of those comedy aprons with a naked body on. Yeah, like that you wear at a barbecue. Or like the, t- the tits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a seven year old boy wearing an apron with big tits on it. That, that sounds like a perfect. <laughs> That's actually not as weird as just the pants. No, I'd say that's a positive. That's a bit of a laugh, isn't it, that? But that is that is insane. Um, if you've had any, like, costume disasters or any school, if you've had to make a costume for children at school or it's gone wrong in some way, or you've got anything on the things we've discussed, this is how to get in touch. Email us hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk or we're on Twitter at Lockdown Parents. You can also get in touch with us on our P.O. Box. Uh, we, we've got someone <laughs> Sorry, who has I, asked... I just, I just heard pedo box then. When you said P.O. Box... <laughs> Sorry, I just laughed, so it's we're pretty childish. Clear, it's just pe- to be very clear, <laughs> it's the opposite of what we're trying to achieve here. We have not got a pedo box, we've got a P.O. Box. <laughs> Do you want the P.O. Box number? Yeah. It's at P.O. Box N-O-N-C-E, um, London. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> P.O. Box 7674A, London, E99DW. And we've got an email from someone who is going to send us some bath toys for children, which I'm very excited about, because really, we're only doing this for the kickbacks. (laughs) I know. You look at James A. Castro and Ed Gamble and their food podcast, 
They've got like spare rooms full of food. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the food they get. We're here for the kickbacks, people. So, you know, that's what the peer box is there for. And also any shit art done by your children. Yeah, of course. And uh, could I just say that my, my, my daughter's currently in the market for a brand new MacBook and, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, an, and an iPad. So just, if, 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 but, but not, no worries if not, but that's what they are into. And a backup for me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday. And our guest on Tuesday is Rosie Ramsey, the um, wife of Chris Ramsey, the comedian. She's a, um, well, she's a king of the podcast, queen of the podcasts with Chris. And she's written a book and she's got a four-year-old boy called Robin. And we can work out the truth behind the Robin tooth break accident, Josh. Quite quite intrigued yeah. about that, aren't we? Robin tooth. Oh, no, sorry. I was thinking Robin thick then. Sorry. I was about to say, let's end the podcast. <laughs> See you on Tuesday. We've Bye. run out of banter. We've run out of banter. Bye.